We're reading in the scriptures of the New Testament. If you're using the Church Bible, it's uh, page 1161. Uh, otherwise, Second Corinthians chapter 6. Second uh, uh, Corinthians chapter 6, page 1161. We actually are going to begin our reading at the end of chapter 5 and verse 16. Uh, Paul is writing here about uh, his own ministry uh, in the churches and particularly uh, the kind of ministry that he and the apostolic team had in the city of Corinth uh, in between the time that he was there and this point. Some have sought to undermine uh, Paul's ministry. And so he writes in verse 16. From now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you, on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favour I heard you, and the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you now is the time of God's favour. Now is the day of salvation. We put no stumbling block in anyone's path. So that our ministry will not be discredited. Rather as servants of God we commend ourselves in every way. In great endurance in troubles, hardships and distresses. In beatings, imprisonments, and rats, in hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger, in purity, understanding, patience, and kindness, in the Holy Spirit, and in sincere love, in truthful speech, and in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and on the left. Uh, through glory and dishonour, bad report and good report, genuine yet regarded as impostors, known yet regarded as unknown, dying and yet we live on, beaten and yet not killed, sorrowful yet always rejoicing, poor yet making many rich, having nothing and yet possessing everything. We have spoken freely to you, 
Corinthians and open wide our hearts to you. We are not withholding our affection from you, but you are withholding yours from us. As a fair exchange, I speak as to my children. Open wide your hearts also. Amen. How would you describe our day? The day and generation in which we are living. Well, it depends, doesn't it, on the angle from which you're looking uh, at life. Uh, If we were to go into the uh, financial community uh, tonight, or the economic community, the business community, they would tell us today is a day of austerity. A day of recession, uh, a day when there are limited opportunities uh, in uh, the job market uh, and when companies are having to be uh, tight and careful with regard to to expenditure. Uh, If we were to go into the um, Eurozone tonight uh, and we were to think about what kind of day it is in terms of the financial um, well-being of Europe, we would be told it's a day of uncertainty as the euro um, lurches into yet another crisis. And of course, uh, if we were to think of it as a day, uh, what kind of a day is it morally? We would have to say it's a day of great sea change in terms of the morals of our society. Um, just reflecting with someone uh, yesterday uh, how in uh, 20 years in the ministry or little more there's been great sea change in terms of, of the moral agenda uh, in our day uh, and in our generation. Politically, it's a day of instability. Uh, we think of uh, what's uh, happening in the Arab world and the Arab Spring, and Syria, and all those countries. But tonight we want to think about um, this, and answer this question from a spiritual perspective. And often we hear people saying, and we often hear Christians saying, it's the day of small things. It's the day of small things. Uh, And I want to challenge us about using that phrase, Uh, Because it's not a phrase that we actually find in the New Testament Scriptures. Rather, in the New Testament Scriptures, as also in the Old Testament Scriptures, speaks of the day of salvation. The day of salvation. There's a verse quoted from Isaiah here by Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, verse uh, 1. Uh, And he's quoting uh, from Isaiah chapter 49. And in Isaiah chapter 49, there is um, the second of the servant songs. The second of those passages that were given to Isaiah that focus so clearly on the Christ who would come. The Christ who would come. Uh, And in that context, Isaiah speaks of the day 
of salvation. So what is our day? It is the day of salvation. Salvation not for the Jews only, but for the Gentiles also. It's the day of salvation unto the ends of the earth and the end of the age. And of course, day here is used not in the sense of a narrow 24-hour period, but a period of time that cannot be quantified except by God. Except by God. So from the first coming of Christ to the second coming of Christ is the day of salvation. Let's remember that and let's hold on to that. And uh, as Paul writes about that here, uh, he writes in 2 Corinthians 6 and draws out, I believe, two, um, two aspects or two significant points uh, regarding the day of salvation. First of all, it is the day of opportunity. The day of opportunity. And uh, you have these headings written on the rear side of your order of service. The day of opportunity. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Or I tell you, now is the time of God's favour, the day of salvation. Paul reminds his readers that they are a privileged people. This generation in Corinth enjoy privilege and have opportunity that previous generations, their fathers and grandfathers and their ancestors didn't have. For they are now living in the day of salvation. The era of God's grace and mercy in Christ. And what exactly does that mean, the day of salvation? Well, uh, that's why we read from the closing verses in chapter 5. Because there Paul uses this word reconciliation in verses 18 to 21. He uses this word five times, sometimes as a verb, sometimes as a noun. And he reminds his readers um, uh, why they need it and why all people need reconciliation. Verse 19, uh, not counting men's sins against them. That's the great work of reconciliation. Where God comes to that point where he says, I no longer need to hold your sin against you and call you to receive its due uh, reward, which is, of course, hell. Uh, and uh, Paul says, this is the day of salvation. We're reminded here uh, that we're not the good people that we like to think we are. Rather, we're born with sin, and we were shapen by iniquity. And as Jesus told the crowds in his day, Mark chapter 7, verses 21 and 22, out of the heart comes all manner of wickedness. And he gave a very comprehensive list there, not just covering sexual sin, but also theft and murder and malice and deceit and envy and slander 
and arrogance and folly. Those things that we tend in our day and generation to see as lesser or smaller sins. Paul, or Christ says they are as great a sin in the sight of God as sexual immorality. Uh, and so we're reminded here that there's a day of salvation to deliver us from this sin that is endemic to the human heart and the human uh, experience and condition. Verse 17 tells us, If anyone is in Christ, you see here's how God reconciles you the sinner, reconciles me the sinner to himself. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. Anyone is joined to Christ. Uh, through repentance and faith. He is a new creature. The old has gone. And the new has come. All this is from God. Who reconciled us to himself. Through Christ. And so as you and I. Have experienced the gospel. In our own hearts. And our own lives. We know that it is the day of salvation. It has been. The day of salvation. For us. And we have entered into this great privilege of being reconciled to God through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. His life that was sinless, his death that was atoning, and his resurrection which was for our justification. And as we think of our society today, as we think of our world today, we're to think in terms of the day of salvation and we are to say to people this is the day of opportunity there is opportunity for you to be saved we're to say to our family members we're to say to our friends and our neighbours those that we work with and as we pray for our day and generation yes we should and we can and we must pray for those things that affect the daily um, well-being of people, the economy, uh, and all of those sort of things. But there's something more crucial, something more fundamental, there's something more lasting, something more important, and that is that people come to know salvation through Jesus Christ. And so we, we pray uh, that people would see this day as a day of opportunity for them to be saved. But then we want to notice secondly. That the day of salvation. It's not only a day of opportunity. It is also a day of responsibility. It's a day of responsibility. Uh, there is a responsibility. That comes upon men and women. Uh, it comes upon us. Under uh, this gospel. And as we live within this day of salvation. And Paul sums it up in a very terse statement in verse 20 when he says, Be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. If we are in the day of salvation, the day when reconciliation is possible to God, uh, through Christ, then the responsibility is to be reconciled. Um, um, and men and women and boys and girls have that need they have that opportunity 
And they have that responsibility. Imagine tonight, uh, that, or imagine that tomorrow in the news uh, there was an announcement uh, of uh, a thousand jobs coming to Carrick Fergus. What a, what, a, what a good thing that would be for many young people and, and others who are unemployed in this day and generation. And that would present a tremendous opportunity to people who have no work uh, to receive work, who are not able to provide uh, of themselves for their family to begin to provide for themselves and their families. But with that opportunity would come responsibility. As they hear of this job opportunity, uh, then what should they do? What would their responsibility be? Well, it would be to apply for the job and the jobs that are going. To get in contact with the company by phone or by email or whatever means of of modern communication. To complete the application form, either on paper or online. To seize the opportunity that they have been made aware of. And so it is in the day of salvation with the um, opportunity of salvation that God is giving and extending through the gospel uh, to you and through you to your neighbours and others there comes a responsibility Uh, and uh, we need at times to remind people that there is a responsibility uh, uh, that rests upon them Uh, We're in a day and generation when many people don't like to think of responsibility. They like to think of of not having to have responsibility. That they're not responsible for their actions, their words. They're not responsible for their own situation. Uh, Somebody else, the government, is to be blamed for their situation or to take responsibility. And Scripture says, no, no. Men and women before God have been created to be accountable, responsible beings. And that is especially true when it comes to the matter of salvation. God extends with one hand the opportunity for salvation and then with the other hand he says you have a responsibility. And so we note here the urgency of our text uh, when it speaks of behold now is the time of God's favour. Now is the day of salvation. It's urging upon people the urgency of receiving uh, this salvation. The urgency of responding. You see yesterday is no longer the day of salvation for anyone because it is gone and it can't be regained the opportunities the circumstances uh, the, the thoughts uh, the conviction perhaps that was there well that was yesterday it's gone forever we can't turn back the clock uh, and uh, somebody can't be saved yesterday and we've got to say to people times, and it's not scaremongering, it's the reality of life, tomorrow may not be the day of salvation. 
And we're reminded of that. Of a young boy who goes out to school. Never to come home again alive. Because uh, through whatever circumstance that we may not be fully clear of, he's knocked down by a car. Uh, Somebody was telling me this morning about a good friend of theirs who went on holiday. And they died on holiday. You see, we can't be sure. And people need to realise. And Christ challenged the mentality which said, well, tomorrow's coming and we'll eat and we'll drink and be merry uh, and we'll enjoy and we'll have no thought about, uh, the, 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 about the future. Well, we need to say to people that they have a responsibility in the light of the salvation that is now. That is now. It always concerns me when I speak to someone in our community and they say to me, um, it doesn't matter actually whether they're older or younger. Sometimes we think it's only the case if people are older that we should be concerned about that. But if they say to me, um, oh, I'll leave it to another time. That's, that's as serious for the child as it is for the old age pensioner. Because only the Lord knows the number of a person's days. And when a person is understanding the gospel uh, and you talk to them about their need to repent and their need to believe and their need to be saved and say, I'll leave it to another time. That's a dangerous, dangerous thing to do. And we've got to say to people, behold, now is the day of salvation. So as we go about our witness, as we go about our lives in this week, let's be conscious of, of um, thinking of our days and this day and age in which we live as the day of salvation. The day of salvation. When people have opportunity to be reconciled to God. And when people have their own individual, personal responsibility before God to be reconciled to him now through the Lord Jesus Christ and to repent now and to cast themselves now upon Christ believing in him and in the text here in verse 1 the first part of it the time of my favour I heard you the day of salvation I helped you there's the wonderful thing we can say to people, this is the day of salvation. You repent and you cry out to the Lord. What will he do? Will he ignore you? No, he says, I heard you in the time of my favour. I heard you in the day of salvation. I helped you. I rescued you. And so we can urge people to come with confidence and cast themselves upon the Lord who hears and who answers and who saves. The day of salvation. Thank God that we are living in the day of salvation. And let's remember to think of the day in which we live as primarily the day of salvation. Opportunity 
and the day of responsibility. Let's pray. Our God and our Father in heaven, we thank you for your great grace to us that we are living in the day of salvation and that now is the day of salvation. And Lord, if there's any here tonight, whether a child or someone who is an adult, who's not yet been reconciled to God this evening, and who today is not knowing and experiencing your salvation, we pray that they might now hear your call upon their lives, that they might now know the convicting work of your Holy Spirit in their hearts, that they might know that now is the opportunity to be saved and to know you as their God and to know Christ as their Saviour and Shepherd and Friend. And, O Lord, that now is the day of responsibility also. Lord God, we pray that you would help us as we live in this world that is fallen and corrupt, this world that is heading for destruction, and this world, O Lord, which in our day seems to be in our part of the world increasingly hostile to any thought of God. Help us, Lord God, to live as those who uh, reflect that this is the day of salvation. That men and women looking at us would see that we are new creations in Jesus Christ. That the old things have passed away and that all things have become new. And help us not only by our lives but also by our lips to be able to impress upon people that now is the day of salvation, the day of opportunity, and the day of responsibility for those who do not yet believe to repent and to believe and to be saved. Lord God, we ask that this day in which we live would again be a day when your salvation would be mightily and powerfully uh, sweeping through our land. Lord, grant a time of awakening, such as you did in times gone by, when many were brought into the kingdom quickly and in an instant, and the whole face of society was changed massively uh, and for a long period of time. O oh Lord, we long to see the day of salvation uh, being realized before our eyes in the conversion of sinners. And to that end, we pray for our witness here, and the witness in our town, and the witness in our wider community in these days, that where Christ is preached, that he would be pleased to save to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.